Okay, welcome to episode 52 of the United Pubcast. First of all, happy Monday, Larry. Pleasure to always see you on this bright Monday. Yeah, thanks, mate. It's nice and gloomy, just like how it feels uh, with the game, doesn't it? Well, what game? I've, cha- I've changed this podcast now. I'm not talking about United. I think we'll start on the proper news, Conor McGregor. Oh, brilliant. 40-second knockout. How good. It's unbelievable. The pressure The pressure that, because he's United fan, we might as well talk a little bit about it. But for someone with that pressure to go back in there and perform like that, uh, whether you love him or hate him, a lot of people do hate him, but you have to take inspiration from him. No, um, you know what's really interesting? He seems to have made some sort of partnership with uh, Tony Robbins, who's, uh, his, I think it's his mind coach or his yeah. mindset coach. McGregor's all about the mentality and just the way he came to, the, walked into the octagon, he looked like super focused. Yeah. Like he, there was no antics. He did his, you know, little kiss out, but he was very focused. And like the reaction, like imagine the reaction time you have to have for him to he's seeing like uh, Cowboy's heading down and he still managed to get his hip on him and yeah. the shoulders like brilliant mate seriously yeah now we could do with some of those characters in our team because um, Sunday or no Monday morning our time the game was it was an extremely tough watch um, before we get into it just saw on Twitter and Facebook it is the anniversary 26 years since Sir Matt Busby died so um sad day in the club's history but um so i'm sure there'll be a lot of posts coming up and in a couple of weeks we'll look at be uh, doing some type of podcast regarding munich so if anyone has any ideas of any topics or anything you'd like us to discuss regarding the anniversary uh, feel free to get in touch um well we're gonna have to eventually talk about the game before we actually get in the united v liverpool and everything that comes with it marcus rashford's been playing with a broken back okay maybe not a broken back it's a stress fracture Pretty it's, much, a, it's a break in your back. A broken yeah? back. Well, um, how is that possible? I don't get it, man. I don't mean a. I mean, it's a little bit tongue in cheek, but he's sort of been carrying our team, hasn't yeah. he? No, that, that's what you can always laugh about it. Like it's. Yeah, um, I think it's terrible that we've been asking a 22-year-old to be playing. He's had an ankle injury. It's come out. He's had the ankle injury since last season. Um, the Liverpool game, funnily enough. Um, and now he's been playing with a stress fracture, and I can't believe if they if the club knew he had a stress fracture, why right, on no, earth no, would that, you risk him? That's why I can't get my head around it. Because if he's got a sore back, the first thing they do is take him into the doctors have an X-ray. Yeah, and they'll pick up on this. They're, they're not, it's not some X-ray down the, your local shops. This is state of the art. They'll pick up on stuff like that, and they would have made a decision to okay, he can play through it. Because Mark, we've all made this sort of alleged act sort of accused Solskjaer of let, let me play through injury and is it good of Rashford to show that character or should the club sort of step in and sort of take control of the situation but a broken I can understand a tight hip or a sore hamstring or a you know you're not feeling great you're a bit sick not a break in your back like, you, you cannot play football with that yeah that's outrageous I don't know if whoever's decision it was um, to be honest that, that's really poor leadership and it's poor judgment because the club gets so much criticism in the medical department I always think I always give them the benefit of the doubt because they know a hell of a lot more about it than me but god this is just this is basics this is stuff like the year sevens at school will tell you yeah. okay if you've got a sore back don't play oh, I've got this guy playing at the elite level I can't get my head around and I haven't read the reports but what did you say three three months yeah the same three months they don't expect him back before the uh, return of the international break so we could be without Rashford till what we're talking mid-March no. someone's going to really need to step up um, well on to the actual match well it might just start raining I think Manchester's brought its weather here um, we might relocate and join us again in 10 seconds
Okay, we are back. We re relocated inside. Apologies if the music is a little bit loud. We have to move inside because it had just started pissing down outside. Um, but hopefully the audio comes through fine. Um, we just touched on Rashford's broken back, playing through. I still can't get my head around that, but anyway. On to the match. Team selection, something that he hasn't done for a while, but he did go back to a three at the back or five at the back. Yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah, as soon as I saw that, I didn't know what to make of it. I saw Shaw, then I thought, okay, Williams isn't playing. Then I saw Williams' name and it sort of threw me. I sort of, who's playing where? And yeah, I actually, um, I mean, I need, I need to take a look at the game again, but I actually felt like we lined up in a back four. But I felt like uh, Williams and Wambasaka almost like wingers. Yeah, well, Wambasaka, not a criticism of him. Oh, okay. oh, I, well, assume, I assume it is. It is. It is a criticism, <laughs> but I thought it was one of his worst games, and nothing through through no fault of his own. I just thought he was caught in two minds in both aspects of the game. Yeah. He was in all sorts. He didn't know whether to drop back and defend money. He didn't know whether to push on on Robertson. Um, I thought he had a night. Not a nightmare in terms of he formed badly. He was just up against it. I thought. Yeah, I didn't feel like he was really helped. Uh, Dan James. Oh, did, okay, let's say what you want to say about Daniel James. Um, yeah, like. Again, I know we, we did speak about this, but um, he, he's the way he, he didn't know if he wanted to press or not press, and he because he was so indecisive, he almost left Wambasaka so isolated. So Wambasaka, as we know, his uh, his positional play for me isn't actually very good, but because he's got such great recovery pace and has the ability to tackle, his timings immaculate. I actually feel Wambasaka. The next step in his development from a defensive side is he needs to position himself a little bit better. Because if he can just get himself in a better position, he doesn't need to rely on that ruthless tackling, which is really good to the eye, but yeah. it's kind of counterproductive. Well, the bit with Daniel James I want to bring up, and again, we don't want to rip into the players. Well, I suppose we are ripping into the players. But I thought who was on the left for us? Um, three job one. it was Marshall Tony. through the middle. Yeah. Oh, Marshall on the left, and Pereira sort of pushed forward through the middle on Van Dijk and yeah. Gomez. But then when the ball got to Van Dyke, James found himself 10 metres away from Van Dyke and 10 metres away from Robertson, or maybe 20 and 20. And Van Dyke was just pinging the ball over to Robertson. James had to make a decision, either press Van Dyke and don't let him get the ball, or stay on Robertson to cut, out, cut that pass out. But he was getting caught in two minds every single time. And Van Dyke just played the easiest little big pass out to Robertson, and then Robertson would play out from there. Um, and I don't think that was down... I don't think that's instruction from the manager. I think Daniel James just was off the pace just didn't know how to get him I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because he's not used to playing in a two man striker system perhaps that's why he was a bit oh, indecisive look, look and Liverpool are the best team in the world unfortunately at the moment so maybe they're sort of setting traps we don't sort of our untrained eye can't see but um yeah I was frustrated with Daniel James and on the ball he sort of had those one or two chances he could have created a little bit more yeah he didn't do it and I think when you saw Greenwood come on you see that little bit of quality on the ball he has and I think it makes a difference Anything else on the team selection? And look, I would have liked Greenwood to start, I think. Yeah. yeah. I think Greenwood comes in now against Burnley. But um, anything else on the team selection? I thought when one matter... Look, Eero goes speaking about one matter again. But when he came on in the last... What, what was the last 15 minutes? Last 20 minutes? Mm. And obviously Liverpool are going to drop deeper and we're going to push on a little bit more. So it's going to look a bit more... Um, Attacking by United, but I thought he made a difference. I 100% agree with you. Because he played, and there was a big, we, we debated it last week, there was a strong case for not playing him. We maybe both agreed with it. Maybe not the game for him, but I think Ollie did sort of make a mistake there. If the guy is in form, whether the game's for him or not, he maybe should have played. I think it was right not to start him because that, that opening 10 minutes or so was frantic pace. Like, United were pressing like I've never seen us press before. Uh, 
but in saying that, I think I think it was the right choice to bring him off the bench. And like to your point, I, I thought he he did make a difference. So he did a few one twos and a ball over the top. And look, it's not always going to come off. Um, Look, there's just a lack of options, isn't there? We, we keep saying it week after week after week. We just need signings. Especially when you're seeing that. Like Andreas Pereira. He, like, he, he has something about him. He's got ability. You can see when he's on the ball, he's a good footballer. But I'm telling you. Decision. you know, he's got the decision-making of a donut. Yeah. But he just does not know what he's doing. There was one time where he could have almost ran in on goal. And he ran into Daniel James, who was laying on the floor. It's like, what are you doing? Why run at him? Like, you yeah, could have just jinked to the side and got the ball out of your feet. Mm. And I just thought... He sort of takes two steps forward, then ten steps back. Like in his career, like he, he shows a little bit of promise, and then he just donut was appropriate because, like a donut, he's just got nothing in the middle, does he? Oh, he's, well, he's getting pushed off the ball, and look, who am I? Look, if I go up for Van Dyke, Van Dyke's going to push me off the ball, so I can't criticise Pereira for that. But it is frustrating. Like it was, it was, it looked a little bit like men against boys at some parts in the game, and I'm usually quite after a, a loss like that. Like I'm usually quite positive compared to a lot of fans, and. A lot of the fans and a lot who are usually a lot more negative than myself actually thought the performance wasn't too bad. It was just a case of, well, we're shit and Liverpool are better. But I was under the impression it was actually pretty bad performance. Oh, yeah. yeah. Across the board, mate, we were really poor. But, but a lot of the negative fans have said, actually, it wasn't maybe too bad. We quite performed at a good level for us. It's just our good level is nowhere near Liverpool's good level. Yeah. And um, so, so as well, you maybe should watch the game again. There's no chance I'm going to do that. But um, uh, maybe I should. Is there anything else on the any game incidents? Um, on the performance, there. Yeah, so you know what? I want to talk about um, Liverpool's first goal. Um, if you're Harry Maguire, right? Like, and, I, and I understand, like, we've got a problem with set pieces. Like game after game, we always we're either conceding or we look shaky, and we know De Gea has never been the most confident with it. Um, but my issue is, if you're Harry Maguire, you've just become the captain. Surely you can see that. That is one big ombre in Van Dyke. Like he was up against Fred and Williams. Yeah, no, like they had no chance. Well, you know maybe, I mean? maybe I'm pessimistic, and I do this maybe every time we get a corner. But when it had the sort of normal camera view, sort of back on halfway, showing the whole box and showing where the corner was coming from, and just the way we we're lined up and saw Van Dyke walking forward, and I thought Van Dyke scoring here. And I just sort of almost half had my eyes closed. And the cross came in. You just heard the commentator said, "Goal for Van Dyke," and it was just, it was so expected. You think, God, as you say, just can't mark him. Like, whether it's tactics or not, you do have to take responsibility. If he's the captain, the Man United captain, you know, go and fix it. It doesn't look like United don't seem to man mark uh, for set pieces. It looks like they just like area mark. I, I think they Is get, that fair? Yeah, it's zonal mark. I think they get caught in two. I think there's, there's two minds in this, which, look, where we played it. Football, when you do set-piece training, it's not proper set-piece training. Set-piece training, you need to spend hours and hours and have... Like, you almost get the youth team in to play one side so both teams are sort of actually playing against each other and not sort of on the same page. But um, So when Man United do set-piece training, it's a proper day they're spending on set-pieces. And I think we're getting caught in two minds. I think what I've got in sold from what I see, some are zonal and some are man-marking and some are sort of... I thought, I thought there's some of our smaller players because sometimes you see it looks like Matters marking a big player or this time it looked like Brandon Williams. Mm. But I don't think it's a case of them marking. I think they're given the job of blocking. God, if you're going to block them, mark them. 
sort of things. So you might as well get Harry Maguire blocking Van Dyke so Van Dyke doesn't get to the six yard box yeah. in the first place. He's really so the on. only threat they have. That's why I found it so frustrating. Like he's the only like really big aerial threat. Yeah. And Maguire is really good in the air, so it's just like no brainer for me if I'm the captain yeah. and I'm Harry Maguire. I'll be saying a Solskjaer. Hey mate, uh, I know we've got our zonal marking, but you know, can I mark Van Dyke? And I don't know if we were just Man United Twitter at the end of the game, sort of making up quotes and that. But apparently, Van Dyke after the game in an interview said, "Yeah, we look to exploit their zonal marking." I don't know if that's true or not, but um, it wouldn't surprise you, would it? No. Um, anything else on the performance? I thought do you just want to because there's, it's. It's bigger than the performance, the issues we've faced. So do you just want to get into the three two ones and talk about yeah, the real let, issues? Let's start getting positive and well, three, two, ones. some insight. Um, I think you said Fred? You thought, you yeah, mate, yeah. Fred? I thought Fred was really, really good. Um, he got forward really well. Um, he actually had a shot on target. He should. So someone take him aside and get him to <laughs> shoot practice. Uh, I'm sick of it. The, the, oh, the more could be yeah. bouncing up on his like, right shoulder and he could be facing away from goal and he'll still, yeah. he'll still fancy his chances to put it in the top corner. I got into an exchange with someone uh, on Twitter after the game and he was saying, oh, you know, if you put um, Ndidi next to Fred, he'll be fine. And I'm like, listen, I think Fred's playing really well. But again, there's levels to this. A winning premiership side for Manchester United does not have Fred as a starting midfielder. Just doesn't, right? And that's not a criticism from me. I'm not saying I don't like Fred. I'm not saying I hate Fred. I'm not saying Fred isn't a United player. I think he's very capable of being a squad player. But if we have ambitions of returning to the top of uh, English and hopefully European football, mate, he's not a starting midfielder for United. Yeah. Um, Now, weird one, because he's completely, or not completely out of position, but a little bit out of position, I thought, considering the circumstances and the opponents he's up against, Luke Shaw, very assured performance. Uh, lot of, lots of clean-up work. Actually, thought he was a better centre back than Lindelof was. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I thought uh, Lindelof against a bit of opinion. A lot of people said, "Oh, he's okay." I thought he was horrible personally. I thought he was shocking. He was in also. His positional play was terrible. Um, it looked like, uh, and I do not want to accuse players of not trying and not and sort of not putting their effort. I'm, I'm sure the effort was there. Those times where he looked like he was just jogging. You think. Okay, it's time to sprint now. You're five metres away from the ball. You might as well go for it. Now. I don't think he's the quickest. Um, the, you know what really frustrated me with his performance? Uh, on the, the ball? Oh, he, he oh, thought he was yeah, playing so. in red. Maguire takes a while on the ball, doesn't he? Uh, like, Wasn't the whole thing of buying Maguire always really good on the ball? I find he just holds on to it a bit too long. But I think that's the case with players like Maddich and Fred in the middle. Yeah, I wouldn't want to give it to him. But not the quickest to sort of get in position to give him that option. So the way Liverpool press. But he does does take too long on the ball. Um, The frustration with Lindelof uh, when Firmino's no goal, uh, it it was like sitting there yelling at Fred. Mike, mate, you were marking thin air. Yeah, he's... um, Look, look, it's not a foul for me. However, I could understand the players' frustration. I don't think the players were complaining about um, the actual challenge on De Gea. I'm sure maybe a little bit. I think they were challenging the referee. I thought the referee signaled for a foul. Whether he blew the whistle or didn't blow the whistle, players sort of... You, you, you get a feel for what the referee has done. And I think all both Liverpool and United stopped saying, OK, that's a free kick, sort of on the referee's actions. I think he, the signal was it's going to be a free kick. And then he changed his mind. I think that's what the play is because the way De Gea reacted, the way Harry Maguire reacted, wasn't a reaction to oh, I don't agree with that decision. It was a reaction to you've stuffed up here, referee, fix it. Yeah, Maguire, he brought the finger. Yeah, out, yeah didn't he? I, I don't think it was. Look, if it was a foul or wasn't a foul, you could debate that all day. But I think the players were under the impression the referee definitely signalled. Roy Keane seems pretty certain uh, it, uh, it wasn't. <laughs> I, de- I want to do a podcast with Roy Keane, but um, not with obviously with Roy Keane, but definitely on Roy Keane. Um, one point, De Gea, maybe? 
Um, I'm split between uh, De Gea and who were we talking about earlier? Having the biggest mind blank. You know Maric. what? Give it to De Gea. Maric. Yeah, Maric. Sorry. Yeah, I thought Maric was really good. Um, but look, I'm happy to give it to De Gea. He made a good save. The one with his foot. Um, I don't recall whose shot it was, but it was really good. early on. I think. Yeah, yeah. Mane went through. Yeah, Mane. Mate, I hate to say it. I want to put some praise on a Liverpool player. I really do because I don't actually rate him that highly as a footballer. But Henderson, get out! The door, hey mate, door hey seriously, there. I have to say it. Um, he played really well today. He really did, and I'm I'm only saying it because I think our midfield is dead average, and I actually think he's a very average footballer. And their system is obviously to skip the midfield, really. But he played well. He really. I, I, I didn't. I threw midfield. I mean, I thought to be fair, I thought Juan Alden was their best player. I thought he did very well, but. Um, you know, you're not going to get any praise out of me for Jordan Anderson. Absolutely hate the guy. Not praise. I'm actually like, I'm, I'm saying like, I'm saying it like, I don't know if he's that good or are we that bad that we make him look that good. Yeah, oh, there is a very strong debate to say <laughs> we are that bad. Um, actually, just want to touch on before we get on to the other issue, which might start on the issues. But Harry Maguire, club captain. I just want to touch on everyone's now comparing him to Van Dyke now. Well, Harry Maguire costs more than Van Dyke, so he should be better. He's not Van Dyke's the best. It is a stupid argument. Van Dyke is not worth 75 million. Van Dyke is worth 150, 160 million. Harry Maguire is worth 80. Van Dyke's not worth what he what he cost two years ago. Van Dyke is worth 150. So rate Van Dyke as a 150 million pound player, not Harry Maguire. So Van Dyke is better. So what, what what's his comparison? You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I get it. Um, look, the market's mental for me. I've stopped. I've stopped comparing or expecting performances from players based on their price tag. I think we just all need to let go of that. Um, I think you just need to judge a player purely on what's his what's his position in the team. Is he a squad player? Is he a first teamer? That's how we need to start judging players. Forget about the market because the market's insane. Yeah, no, it's, it's a debate for another day. Um, hopefully everyone is enjoying the Premier League music in the background. It's not actually on the TV, just over the speakers, over Quite the radio. nostalgic, back when we were champions. Um, now Solskjaer, do we want to talk about? Oh, for me, it's a point. It's no reason discussing Solskjaer. It, it's it's a pointless Mate, debate. Oli and Oli, it's. Let's make one point on it, right? He had his his two starting midfielders both out. His most creative player in that, and he's missing his highest goal scorer. What on earth did you expect? we uh, we went in with hope, right? No one, we were, none of us were saying, "Oh, okay, we can win this game." You know what I mean? Yeah, it's. Yeah, this is levels. I, I think that's one of the things. Like, obviously, we, I don't think we both predicted. Like, we both knew we were going to lose, but both on the podcast last week said, oh, we'll scrape a win or a one-all draw, etc. But deep down, you know you're going to lose, or most likely going to lose. So when it, a standard 2-0 loss happens, you can't sort of be too worked up about it. Oh, I want to say I would love to kick Mo Salah in the face. See the way he carried on? Oh, oh my he, goodness. He's, you serious? He's fake. He's, he's playing a PR game. Like He's very noble and he's a nice guy. Trust me. Well, I can see through it. Maybe it's bitter, but I see through him. He's a little bastard. If he dribbled past five players and rocketed into the net, no worries, mate. You held off Dan James, who, if that was Brandon Williams, I think it gives him a red card and takes him well, What do you think? I saw Daniel James get a little bit of criticism for not bringing him down. I think bringing him down there is stupid, because then you get a red card, you get suspended. Exactly. You're going to lose the game anyway. If we had a squad full of players, by all means, chop his oh, leg but, off. But, but not at 1-0 down. Not at 1-0 down, because it's the 94th minute or something. You're going to lose. So, yeah, I, I know, but it's most Salah. I wouldn't have minded seeing him get over. He's going to break his leg, feel free. 
Um, but in, term, <laughs> in terms of actual stopping and scoring, I thought, no, nah. it's stupid to get a red but card. But in saying that, I think, I think uh, if that was a defender marking him, I think they could have outstrengthed him. Dan James is very slight, you yeah. know, unfortunately. To be fair, he made up the ground, though, to get there. So, oh, mate, yeah, uh, it's rapid. Yeah, um, Harry Maguire's definitely not getting there. <laughs> um, Rumours are he's still chasing him. Yeah, so Solskjaer, I don't really want to touch on Solskjaer because it's, it's boring now, that debate. Okay, new manager in, what changes? Nothing. He still, exactly. he still has to pick Andreas Pereira and Fred and Matic in the middle. This is still the same thing. Um, well, it stems from quality. Well, the players aren't good enough, and it, that stems from the top. The board and the owners, um, sorry, the Glazers and Ed Woodward, in terms of whether you want to say they haven't invested enough or the investment's been wrong. It's just come down to recruitment and our players aren't good enough. That is the problem. So under a better manager, under Van Hal, under a Jose Mourinho, both better managers, David Moyes maybe even a better manager than Solskjaer, they can't succeed because the players aren't good enough. 100%. You so, know what really concerns me, mate? Um, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'm, I'm digressing a little bit. but I'm sort of worried about the debt at the club. So this is big picture, but again, I'm buying in a, it could be a conspiracy of mine, right? Um, the Glazers, Wait, did you say debt or debt? Debt. Debt. Okay. Money. Yeah. Glazer's favourite topic. Uh, Glazernomics. Mm. So, apparently the Glazer's uh, centres in the US are actually struggling. If you're looking at the way we're spending since... We're, now, when going back to Mourinho's last season, we really didn't spend a lot in terms of net spends. Uh, and again, this window, again, in terms of net spend, it was almost like we waited for... Like, before Lukaku was out, before Maguire came in. I don't know if that's coincidence or not, but I'm starting to think the Glazer's, when you think of the debt has barely been paid off. They're in trouble in the US with their shopping centers. It could seriously just be a case of, oh, we've got problems elsewhere. Manchester United's just gonna have to wait until we're sorted. There could be an element of that. Well, you just look around, forget the transfer market, that's the thing, if the stadium's falling apart, well, that's a basic thing you sort of stay on top of. And that is where basic investment where should just be ongoing. It's not sort of the flashy investment on a new player. With this sort of this standard infrastructure, it needs to be improved, and they're not doing it. And that does give you a, a sort of an insight into where their priorities do lie. And it doesn't yeah. look like it's with the club at the moment. Um, so, if you believe reports, we had the deal done with Sporting, uh, with Fernandez, and then Sporting at the last minute have just chucked an extra twenty million euros on their evaluation of the player. And, and United are, ho- are like, hold on, what's going on here? Now, if you believe reports, we are still keen to get the deal done, but. <sighs> Here's the thing, I'm all for bargaining, but mate, there's so many games, we just need to get the man in. But there does come a time because everyone has the debate of, okay, I don't care if the club's held to rent, so pay what it, pay what it, sort of the but other... But you can't, can it? Yeah, but, no. you, but you can't because everyone's saying, oh, we spent too much on this player, and when you do spend too much on a player, you then hold the, you sort of find yourself in the problem a couple of years later when you try to offload them. They're on such big wages because you've overpaid, but you can't get rid of them. So it, uh, I can see both sides. I can see people's frustration with saying, "I oh, just have them pay it because it's not our money," but then you do, you do find yourself in a big pickle two, three years down the track. Well, if they had a better summer transfer window, maybe there wouldn't be so much pressure on the winter transfer window. But, but do you think devil's advocate? But, but I think we spoke about it last week in terms of we're both tossing and turning whether okay we're going to make the sign-in or not, and we both said, "Well, look." Okay, it looks like it's fallen away a little bit, but they're going to make, they're going to eventually do it because they, they can't afford not to. But now it's looking, maybe we've still got the same, um, maybe the same views still. But it looks like it might fall away, and we might not get it. 
we were close to getting to Bala, that fell away. No, but, 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 the, but the, 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 this seemed like last week we were saying, okay, yeah. it's fallen away, but it, it'll happen. The club will just, make, even if it's playing over the odds, the club will get it done. Yeah. But the club looks like they might not get it done now, which could you imagine now? Which I predicted at the start of the window, but sort of maybe just been a little bit pessimistic. But I said we weren't going to sign anyone. And everyone's like, no, we're going to bring someone in. Even deep down, I thought, no, we're going to bring someone in. What's the, what's the date now? 20th of January? We might sign that 16-year-old from Birmingham. Yeah, they've <laughs> seen that. And that, that looks good. Look at paying over the odds for a 16-year-old. Is it like 15 or 20 million Yeah, or 15 million, yeah. Crazy. Um, Look, I think the Fernandez deal will get done. The player himself has put pressure on the Lisbon president, which, you know, if I'm comparing it to the Dybala, the debacle, um, Dybala wanted to come for the wrong reasons. When United pulled out, he didn't say a word. The player wants this move, and he sees it as his last opportunity to move to the Premier League. Crazy to say that at 25, but he's playing in Portugal. This isn't the top league in Europe. So, look, I still expect it to happen, but, yeah, it's frustrating. But we have to wait it out. But we still have to remember, we've still got that bet going for the uh, bush ra- bushfire fundraiser. Um, if we don't make any signings, um, you top up the kitty to $400. If we do make a signing, I will gladly do that. But, um, yeah, so hopefully the club proved me wrong. Anything else on the Woodward and the Glazers debacle? Uh, I've seen a lot of talk. I'm sick of talking about them, to be honest. What, what do you reckon they've seen, not in terms of reports, there's no sort of new reports coming through, but everyone's saying, stuff it, time to get the Saudis in. Is, is that Look, sort of back in your mind? Here's the peace of mind that I can give our listeners, okay? If the Longo United don't perform, the valuation of the club is going to go down. Okay. I think it's plateaued now. It's starting. It is starting to plateau. So that's the thing. It's in the Glazers' interest that United actually improve and fast. Otherwise, if we continue to fail, now we're we're looking at the prospect of being outside of the Champions League for two years running. That hasn't happened since Fergie's left. If that happens, so according, if you believe reports again, Liverpool are very close to overtaking us in terms of revenue for the first time in Premier League history. Now, if that happens. Again, the eval- the evaluation of the club's going to drop. Yeah. So the Glazers are at risk of the club being worth four million to going down to two billion. It can drop very quickly, yeah. and it gets harder to recruit players. And then you're going to have to get rid of your better players. And I'm telling you, it's going to unravel very quickly for them. So it's gonna it's gonna be up to them to pull the finger out. I think they will. I do. I really do. I think we we'll have a big summer transfer window. But look, if there's a silver lining in this, if we keep going bad. They will, they will sell up. And for the, I think, look, yeah, 100% agree with everything you said there, but I think it comes down to that whole debate. The only sort of foreseeable buyer are the Saudis, and it throws up a whole different debate. And God, I can understand, like, people, I can understand, like, my reaction at full time today was when you're talking about the Saudis, stuff to human rights. I want to win the Premier League. I see Liverpool's chanting, like, oh, we're going to win the league. I say that tongue in cheek. Like, obviously, I do care about human rights, but it gets to that stage where if they're going to spend money and they're going to do the best by the football club. Money's money. Hey, well, look at Sheikh Mansour. Look what he's done for City. Yeah, do you think their things. fans are bothered? Yeah, no, look, 100%. If I'm going to play devil's advocate, I don't really, not really a big fan of the Saudis coming in. But in saying that, whether they come in or they don't come in, it's not going to change. What we think isn't going to change what happens. If they come in, they are going to invest in the club, and they're going to they're going to make sure that we're back at the top. So, if you're going to look at it from a purely success point of view, <laughs> it will be beneficial. And once we're winning trophies, no one's going to care. Unfortunately, 
Um, well, we'll go to, just before we wrap up, we'll go on to some of the Twitter comments. We just put a post up after the game saying, let loose, have a say whatever you want to do. Mad Journeyman on Twitter. So just made a few points saying, um, Rashford obviously is a massive loss. Lindelof being made of fall guy, he's not as bad as many people make out when Maguire isn't that hot himself. Um, I don't agree with that. I, I, can under, I can understand it. Personally, I'm not a big fan of Lindelof, but I, I can see that maybe we are a little bit harsh, especially when you compare to his... Where's Rojo? Where's Rojo? Uh, yeah. Are they hiding? Are they holidaying somewhere? What's going on? <laughs> the Rojo is probably the one who's probably holding up the deal. He's probably got guns to people's backs saying, make sure you don't sign this ever contract. I want some burnt toast incentives um, in my contract. Daniel James needs development 100%. Fred is a beast and worthy of this shirt. No, I think Fred is winning a lot of fans over. I'll take David De Gea to the gym to muscle up. It is, it is a criticism of De Gea. He's not the strongest. Um, Anthony Ashton on Twitter. Marcus is a huge loss. Uh, a huge loss. I hope the club can pick someone up to cover him during the transfer window, which I completely agree, but don't hold your breath, Anthony. We missed out on Holland. Yeah. Also, we're going to miss out on, um, well, potentially Bruno Fernandes, and I haven't heard any strikers linked, but we definitely do need a striker now. Um, David Balfour, we must have had the least productive midfield defence as far as goal scorers. He, he, this guy, he, David doesn't obviously fancy Fred from distance, <laughs> sticking it in the top corner. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think. He's 100% right, though, because... Yeah, who scored from... Who Has scored Pereira from scored this season? He scored one, but it was a heavy deflection. Um, yeah, midfield's... Midfield's... Uh, uh, Mata. Mata. is our top scorer from midfield, yeah. I think. Mata and McTominay. And Mata only had until last week. Yeah, one was a penalty. Um, yeah. Um, and the last one, Vin R on Twitter, Mad R, Aussie guy. I'm heartbroken to see how far we've fallen and the board and Mr Woodward ain't helping either. We're short of staff on almost all fields except for defence and we're still hassling over players. Ed should, know, Ed should now know that he can't do the job by himself and he should go hire a, a director of football. Ooh, speaking of director of football, did you see those reports? Uh, I saw the reports. They're just... I don't read anything. It's get a little bit of positivity around the club. But yes, I saw them, but do you expect... How many chances has Woodward had to sign a director of football? Well, 18 months and counting. So if he's going to sign someone, he would have done it by now. I don't think it's ever going to happen under his... I think it comes down, which we mentioned last week, he does have a bit of an ego on him. And I think it's got to the stage where he's just going to play it out. No one's going to tell him what to do. The Glazers aren't going to um, take action on him because he's making them money. Well, actually, we've just said (laughs) they might be losing a little bit of money now, but um, who knows. Anything else you want to touch on? Actually, I nope. think there's one thing we should touch on. What's that? Good friend of the podcast, Ashley Young, has decided to oh, yeah. to move to Italy. So, any yeah. parting words for? Yeah, get fucked. <laughs> Lovely there from Larry. Um, but, but what do you think? Because um, it's nine seasons. Um, look, it has left sort of on a low. But when you look back at his nine years, and when you think, I think we both sit here and agree. We're not, we're not a great fan of the player. A lot of it's not down. His, it's not his fault. He was a club captain in 2020. It's not his fault. He was a starting fullback. Like if we both had that opportunity, we'll take it. Um, it's yeah. a sign of the problems above him. Look, I don't think he's the worst player United's ever seen. Um, I think, again, to your point, it's it's on the board. Um, and you know what? Every manager we've had from Fergie onwards seems to pick him. So he must be doing something right. Um, I'm just look. I'm, I'm I'm really disappointed in how he's left. He's obviously said I'm, I refuse to play yeah, it's see, clear I'm, as day I'm mixed on that I've seen those and parts of me agree but parts of it say I'd, I'd like to be go behind the scenes and see what actually happened I'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt and just it's part of negotiations it's part of um, and who knows what is how it comes out in the media 
but um, no, I, I do wish I don't want it to be sound sort of cliche. And I have I had some. What's hard, our next game? Burnley during the week, but I have had some harsh words about Ashley Young, but I generally do wish him well. Um, he, he has done well nine seasons at Old Trafford. He's, he's pretty much won the lot, except the Champions League. He won the Premier League, won the FA Cup, won the Europa League, won the League Cup. So um, fair play to him. Hopefully, Inter Milan's coming United 2.0. Honestly, yeah. Young Sanchez. Do they want anyone else? Apparently, Damien's uh, potentially going back there. Yeah, um, Signing him for Palmer. So, um, Phil Jones next. Oh, Heavily Woodward. <laughs> that, that, that'd be a, um, they can sign Woodward as director of football. So, I think we should probably meet up at the pub after the Burnley match. Uh, maybe a Thursday or something. I'll never say no to that, mate. Um, get a definite few drinks in there. Um, so, again, thank you, everyone, for listening. Hopefully the audio came through fine and you did enjoy the music in the background, especially that Premier League music. Um, yeah, it just started. Um, the Manchester rain just started bucketing down when we um, sat down for, to press record. So, um, again, thank you, everyone, for listening. Unfortunately, it's I know it's shit talking about a game like that, but it needs to be done. Um, roll on Thursday. Pleasure, mate. I'll see you then. See you later.